It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. Many years ago, I was reading a newspaper in a restaurant early one morning, and my eyes fell on an article that just captured my attention. It concerned a man, a homeless man, that had been found in the very back of a city dump, and unfortunately, he had passed away. He was wearing threadbare clothing. He was on an old beat-up cot. He was living in a rudely constructed lean-to made out of old throwaway tin, sheets of tin, and old rotten two-by-fours. They searched his body in order to find out if they could discover anything that indicated who he was, and much to their surprise, found identification that they were able to trace, and they found out he was an heir to over a quarter of a million dollars. He could have been enjoying all the nice things of life. Instead, he was living a life of absolute abject poverty. What a tragedy that was. But when that penetrated my heart and I felt the burden of it, I also felt a burden that God's people often do the same thing. They are living in spiritual poverty when they could be living in the abundant life that Jesus promised. Now, this episode is all about the name God has given us in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. We are referred to as heirs of promise. But if you are not aware of an inheritance, you cannot lay hold to it, just like the man that died in a homeless state. Apparently, he was not aware of his inheritance. So hopefully, this episode will help you not only become enlightened concerning your inheritance, but to give you the boldness to seize it in the name of Jesus. Now, in Galatians 4.28, we are referred to as children of promise. I spoke on that in the last episode. In Hebrews 6.17, God's people are referred to as heirs of promise. So children of promise, that's who we are. Heirs of promise, that's what we have. That's what our inheritance is. But how do we lay hold to the promises? Well, first, we've got to discover those promises. And there are 7,487 in the Word of God. And you will never face anything in life where God hasn't already matched the problem with a promise that is powerful enough to cause you to emerge an overcomer in every way, one way or the other. For instance, are you depressed? There's a promise in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you feel spiritually weak? There's a promise. In Isaiah 40, 29, he said he gives power to the faint and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Do you struggle with doubts? There's a promise in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, that we should look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Are you battling sickness? 
There's a promise in James chapter 5, verse 15, that the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Are you financially strapped? There's a promise in Deuteronomy 8.18 that it is God, the Lord your God, who gives you power to get wealth. Do you feel like God's given up on you? There's a promise in Hebrews 13.5 where God said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Are you afraid of death? There's a promise in John chapter 11, verse 25, where Jesus, the incarnate son of God said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Are you convinced yet? that no matter what you face in this world, even the worst thing, which would be your passing from this world to the next, you have a promise that will make you victorious in every way because you are linked to the promise giver. Now, how do we access these promises and how do we make sure that they are fulfilled in our lives? Well, not only do we need to discover the promises, that's number one, but number two, we've got to fulfill the conditions because all promises are hinged to conditions. Let me say that again. All promises are hinged to conditions. Let me give you an example. In Psalms 1 verses 1 through 3, we have numerous promises actually tied to several conditions. It says, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now those are all the conditions. There's one condition, you've got to walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Second condition, do not stand in the path of sinners. Third condition, do not sit in the seat of the scornful. Fourth condition, your delight is in the law of the Lord. Fifth condition, in his law or in his word, you meditate day and night. And now you have the promises. If you fulfill those conditions, the Bible said, you shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Your leaf also shall not wither. And whatever you do will prosper. Praise God. I feel like shouting right now just at the prospect of those promises coming to pass. So I'm going to make sure that I am fulfilling the conditions. Every promise is linked or chained to a condition. Well, even promises like you find in the Beatitudes. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And all the rest of the eight Beatitudes in his Sermon on the Mount. Each one of those promises is hinged to a condition. Actually, it's two promises because the beginning statement, the beginning word, blessed, is a promise. Because the word blessed means happy, supremely happy, enriched with benefits, spiritually prosperous, highly favored of God. So it's saying all of those things will be in your life 
if you have poverty of spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And poverty of spirit is recognizing that you are bankrupt without the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. And if you recognize your insufficiency, you tap into his all-sufficiency. You go from nothing to everything because he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, those who acknowledge that without him, they are nothing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is comprised of all that God has, all that God is, his love, his joy, his wisdom, his power, his authority. That's kind of an all-inclusive promise there. And it hinges to the condition of having poverty of spirit, being poor in spirit. Can you see how important it is not only to discover the promises, but to recognize the conditions and fulfill them? I believe we should also recognize the privilege of having access to these promises. In Romans chapter 9, verses 3 and 4, Paul made a very heart-gripping statement. He said, I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ, from my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites. And then he listed six things that made the Israelite people a very unique people and a very privileged people. He said, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises. I could teach the rest of this episode just on that verse. Think of that, that he he lists the six primary things that made the Israelite people a blessed people. They were adopted as a nation into a relationship with Yahweh. The glory of God was in their midst. They had covenants established with them that were authored by God. They had the law, which meant the Torah, the revelation of not only God's commandments, but his blessings, his nature, his history in this world. They had the service of God, or in other words, they had the privilege of being able to minister to God in a way that was acceptable to him. And they had the promises, the promises that were given to Abraham, the promises that were spoken all the way back to the very beginning when God promised that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. They clung to that promise that a Messiah was coming that would turn this thing around completely. Now we have a reason for even greater rejoicing because we are part of what's been called the new covenant. And in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, the writer said that the new covenant is a better covenant established on better promises. And if the promises of the Old Testament made the Israelite people a blessed people, a unique people, a privileged people, then how much more are we privileged to know the promises of the new covenant, which include the new birth, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the gift of everlasting life, and so much more that was brought forth in the New Testament. Praise God. So how do we acquire these promises? I think the best way for me to end this episode is by urging you to declare the promises, to confess the promises. Many people have put down this whole idea of confessing the promises of God by faith 
they call it name it and claim it. And yet that's exactly how they found salvation. So why take the very method that brought you into the kingdom of God and discard it once you become a child of God? Let me take you to a very revealing passage. Romans chapter 10 verses 8 through 10 says that the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. And it's got to be in both your heart and your mouth. If it's just in your heart, but you never speak it, you may not ever see it actualized in your life. It's just conceptualized in your heart. But he said, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I remember the day back in the fall of 1970 when a young man picked me up hitchhiking. I was on my way to teach a yoga class at University of South Florida. However, I had been praying all day long that if Jesus was the only way, he would give me a supernatural sign that day. The young man who picked me up hitchhiking was part of a prayer group in town that had found out about me and they were praying for my salvation. He was two miles away when God redirected what he was doing and sent him down the road where I was hitchhiking. And uh, he never picked up hitchhikers, but he felt totally compelled by the Holy Spirit to pick me up. And so I opened the door, looked in, there was a picture of Jesus. I knew it was my son. Within just about 15 or 20 minutes, I was on my knees praying and acting on the promises contained in Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. I confessed Jesus as Lord of my life. I believed on the cross. I believed in the power of the blood. I received him into my heart. My life was completely changed. I shut down my yoga ashram. I stopped all the classes I was teaching in four universities and began my journey as a child of promise and an heir of promise in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if that drastic a change took place in me through the power of confession. Why would I want to discard something so powerful if it could bring me out of darkness into light, out of deception into truth, if it could bring me out of the bondage of satanic powers into the protection of angels, if it could bring me out of a lost state into a relationship of intimacy with the God of heaven, just because I dared to confess with my lips and believe in my heart, and suddenly I became righteous in the sight of heaven, then you better believe I'm going to use that same method to claim other promises. And right now today, I just feel like praying for you, no matter what your battle is, no matter what your problem is, if it's sickness in your body, I want you to believe with me right now because Hebrews chapter 11 says we obtain promises by faith. If you've been going through suicidal thoughts, I want you to believe God with me right now. I'm about to claim promises. If you're going through all kinds of struggles in your life personally with temptations, I want you to believe God right now because I'm going to claim some promises for you. Let's agree together. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. You can still agree with me in your heart of hearts and praise God with me as we lay claim to these promises. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know there's hundreds of people, 
thousands of people listening to this episode that have needs in their lives. They need to be healed. They need to be delivered. They need to be set free. And so I claim the promises that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I claim the promise where you said, I am the Lord who heals you. I claim the promise out of Peter's writing where you said the Lord knows how to deliver the godly. I claim the promise out of Paul's writings where he said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And I claim deliverance for every person under the sound of my voice around this entire globe throughout the earth right now. I believe deliverances are taking place. I speak deliverance into your body. Be healed of every affliction. Be delivered of every demonic oppression. Be delivered of every negative emotion. Be delivered of those suicidal thoughts. Be delivered of that depression that's been hanging over you because the promise has been given God knows how to deliver the godly. We lay hold to that in Jesus' name, and I expect a miracle to happen in your life today. Praise God. This has been so, so powerful. I've got to end now, but I'm going to be continuing in this revelation of who we are in Christ. Be sure to secure your copy of the book, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ and discover all the names and titles that God has given you in his word. And since the last episode and this episode, I've been teaching on our calling to be children of promise and heirs of promise. You may want to check into the other books that I've written that are all about the promises of God, like the book titled 25 Powerful Promises from God. Oh my, that book will absolutely lift you to a new level of victory. And if you're a parent or a grandparent and you're praying for your children, be sure to get 65 promises from God for your child and watch God move in a supernatural way. Thanks for joining me. It's been great. Let's come together again in the next episode to discover who we are in Christ. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shree, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given his people by getting your copy of Mike Shree's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.